is up and welcome to the No Bullshit Manifestation Show. I'm your host, Kat Kozad, manifestation expert, money mindset and fulfillment coach, and multiple six-figure entrepreneur. Come sit with me while I spill the real tea on what it's like to practice using intentional manifestation, demystify all of the woo-woo and confusing bullshit that comes along with creating the life of your dreams, and give you a realistic view of what it's like to be on a personal, spiritual, and professional growth journey. The goal of this podcast is to support and guide you towards manifesting all of your dreams, shed light on the things that people are too scared to talk about, and encourage you to become the person who gets to have it all, be it all, and do it all. I am so happy you are here. Let's fucking do this thing. What's up, babes? Welcome to another episode of the No Bullshit Manifestation Show. I'm so happy you're here. I am so, it's just still so surreal for me that this podcast is brought to life now and is something that I get to enjoy and something that you get to enjoy with me. Uh, it's just like so surreal. So as I'm recording this, um, I am just packing up the rest of my shit here in Colorado, getting ready to move to New York. As all of you who are listening know, I'm living in New York currently when this is released. But as I'm recording this, I'm just doing the last bits of packing up uh, and getting ready to make my big move and continue to live this life of freedom and abundance and luxury that I've created for myself. And that is exactly what we are going to be talking about today with an incredible guest that I had the pleasure of bringing onto the show, Rachel Hunt. Rachel is a spiritual business and mindset coach, and she is the founder and CEO of the Freedom School, where six-figure leaders get to lead with desire for ultimate freedom. This chick is incredible. She has such an incredible story about how hitting her rock bottom led her to living a life of freedom, luxury, and intention, and how are upbringings and our past patterning and conditionings really do impact the way that we think about things, we behave, the way we feel, and how that conditioning can affect you as an adult until you do the inner work and what is possible for you once you do the inner work, um, as well as chats on imposter syndrome, how to move through imposter syndrome, move through judgment, And if you are a woman entrepreneur or just in the position in your life where you are wanting to create more freedom in your life and you feel as though, who am I to have this thing? Or um, are people going to judge me for having this thing? Can I really lead? Can I really be that version of myself that I want to be? This is the episode for you because Rachel drops all of her wisdom on how to move through those things, how she's moved through those things, and how to get to this place where you truly do get to have, be, and do everything that you want just because that your worth doesn't have to be in question, that there aren't things that suddenly make you worthy, that suddenly make you, in her words, qualifiable uh, for the life that you want to live. So without a further ado, here is Rachel, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. 
Rachel. I am so excited to have you on the No Bullshit Manifestation Show because I know that we are about to have a no bullshit conversation. (laughs) Um, So to kick this thing off, I would love it if you could tell us about you and your journey that has led you to where you are today of being the founder and the CEO of the Freedom School and living this life of freedom that you've created for yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. I appreciate it. And um, always love having conversations like this with like-minded fellow uh, entrepreneurs. So very excited for this. Um, oh, my journey, like it's such a, like, I love sharing my story, but I'm like, like, where do I start? Like, at what point do I start? But I suppose I'll just like take it back to like the most pivotal point in my journey where I hit a rock bottom and that rock bottom involved losing a job, losing a relationship, being broke, really having no freaking idea what I was going to do. And at that moment, I looked at myself and it was the first time in my life I'd ever had this. And I was maybe like 26, maybe, maybe 26, 27. And it was the first moment I really looked to to myself and been like, you did this, (laughs) you know, like you are responsible for where you're at. And I think I was probably blaming a lot of external things for much of my life. And it was the first time that I was like, huh, okay, this is it. And I had to sit with it and I had to sit with some really hard truths. And from that moment, it really deepened. I would say like, I was dipping my toes into the spiritual personal growth realm, but it deepened my personal journey. And it wasn't even as deep as it now is, but it, it deepened. And from that moment, I really started just seeing things differently. And I started playing around with more spirituality and, you know, things as simple and basic as gratitude. And at a rock bottom moment in my life, that gratitude saved me and it Mm -hmm. opened me up to opportunities and led me down paths that I would have otherwise not even have known were available to me and, you know, open doors to opportunities that I, I, you know, only dreamed of. And that led me to initially starting, I was a gluten-free food blogger for a number of years uh, because I was diagnosed with celiac disease and my greatest joy was to dine out. And when you can't eat something like gluten, it makes things challenging, especially back then. Now it's a lot easier. And so from this pivotal moment of like, yes, getting fired, yes, being broke, I, it awakened something within me. And I was able to then see this measly little blog I was running as all of a sudden it was a business. And I was able to really build it to something so incredible. I ran that for several years. It put me in the online space in a bigger way. It got me comfortable showing up in a different way and sharing aspects of myself that I would have typically hidden. Um, And, you know, I really let it evolve. I let it evolve from just a, a, a food blog to, you know, a, uh, I, w- I want to say like, it was an extension of me. Like I, I made it a, per, a you know, a, a personal brand. I evolved into a personal brand and I started marketing myself and through a series of events, I eventually was able to leave um, my last full-time job to pursue this fully. And I honestly, at the time thought I was going to be like a food blogger through and through. I honestly thought I was going to be like one of the best and top gluten-free bloggers in, in the world. Like that was just what I had my my mindset on. And I was doing some freelance work and 
things change quickly. Things change very quickly in a couple of months uh, or within a couple of months of me leaving that, that full-time job and thinking I was going to be a blogger, um, this random opportunity came to me and, and a, a seed was planted within me that I should be coaching people on how to build an online presence and how to start monetizing their brands and this and that. And it was what a lot of people were looking for at that time. And that's how I started into the coaching realm. And of course, with my own personal journey, when you start working for yourself, it is interesting what comes up. So for me, I was faced with even more of my resistance and my blocks and my stories that were limiting me and all of this. And so I dove even deeper into mindset. I dove even deeper into my spiritual practice. I dove even deeper into my personal, personal growth and because of that, it allowed me to become an even stronger coach because I was going deeper within and I was healing things within myself that I was so passionate to share with other people and help them heal and overcome. Um, and initially I wasn't freedom school. (laughs) I was, um, just, well, I'll back up a sec. My blog was called gluten freedom. So freedom was like a a theme, a theme in my life. I wanted freedom. And so when I realized that the blog was no longer letting me up and I didn't want to be just a food blogger, I wanted to have more impact. I dropped that. I started like really focusing on the coaching and I developed freedom school. Freedom school is a place where women can come to lean into desire, flow, opulence, alignment, like it is really about finding more feminine flow in your life. Yes, there's masculine structures for sure. But I'm leading women to honor their desires to, you know, listen to those impulses and those nudges that are, you know, indicating an unconventional life, like I'm empowering women to lead an unconventional life to pursue freedom, whatever that looks like, because it's different for everyone, but pursue freedom and to like show them that like, you can have anything you fucking want. Like you can actually live that life that you're dreaming of. Literally. I would sit on Pinterest for hours a day when I worked for someone else dreaming of like these luxe lifestyles and these like travel, you know, these trips and this types of travel and like the outfits and all. And I'm like, that's my life now. Like I didn't think that that was what was available to me. It's just a a pipe dream that I had. And now that's my life. And I want to show women that that is exactly what is available to them. And I have a lot of fucking fun doing it. And it's like the coolest Uh job. And it's like, oh, I literally, you know, have been able to create something purely based on desire and with, with an intention to like empower more women and inspire more women, impact more women to be their happiest, because I believe that like, when we are happy, we can do really, really incredible things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You just dropped so many little like nuggets of wisdom and also things that have me so excited listening to you say all of that. Um, So one thing that really resonated with me as you're just talking is like, you got to this place where you're like, yes, I can have it fucking all. Like I literally can have it fucking all, but did you always feel like that? And if not, like, what was the, what was the pivotal moment that was like, oh, like, holy shit, I can. Definitely not. I mean, I, for context, am a small town girl, literally grew up on a farm in a small town. Like literally like the life I lead now it's like very different from like my upbringing and and it's 
never like I was running away. I just never felt like I fit in back there. Like it's, it's like my parents even joked like you were never the small town girl. Like you always <laughs> had like big, big, like life aspirations. And I do feel that like, I really truly feel that. So no, I didn't always think that was possible. I honestly remember so vividly, like, you know, even when I went to university and like seeing and meeting people who were like from the city and like, just like their upbringings and the lifestyles that they had and what they were accustomed to. And I was just like, I felt so separate from that. I was like, that is just so, I desired it, but it, it, it didn't feel it just felt like such a far cry from like what I knew, but I was very drawn to it. I was very drawn to it. And I think because I was always drawn to that, even when I moved to, I live in, in Toronto, in Canada. And, you know, that's a massive, that's like the biggest city in the, in the country. And like, I, like I've lived here for over 10 years now. And it's like the fact that I like fit in so well here, it's like, this is what I was destined for. And I think, it wasn't honestly until more recently that I truly did believe I could have it all. I think I wanted to have it all, but I didn't think that I could have it on my own terms. And in the way that I now have it, I thought it meant I had to marry someone really rich or that I had to find like the perfect corporate job or like whatever. Like I, I desired it for a long time. I don't know if I ever like had the like, I don't know. Like when I'm trying to think of like the defining moment, the pivotal moment, like I can't think of that specifically, but I think it's just more of like this gradual as I've done the inner work. And I've also seen expanders out there, people online who have, you know, a similar story or, you know, are doing something similar to me now and have this, this next level lifestyle that I desire. That's when I started seeing and believing that it is possible. But growing up, definitely not, because again, it's not something that I was exposed to. And even when I was in university, again, it's like seeing my peers who did have those, like that type of a life, I still didn't think it was possible. Like I was just like, that was, that's them, this is me. And I'm always going to be the small town girl. And I'm going to have to work that much harder. And it's going to be this, like I was creating all these stories about it. So when I did the work, that's when it slowly started unraveling that I'm like, oh yes, it's possible. And that's, I think something that for everyone, it'll happen differently, right? Like that process will be different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, your whole entire story resonates with me so much. Also from tiny, tiny little town, little, I always call it like my little cow town and, um, that mentality of having to work so freaking hard and follow this prescribed path to reach some sort of level of success or reach some sort of level of fulfillment is yeah. definitely like taught day in, day out from like the moment we can start to process all of this stuff. And, um, so with your journey, I think it, it's so beautiful to hear that the, the moments of pain have brought you to this place of being able to look at and realize that it really was all of these limiting beliefs and things that were stopping you from listening to the desires and listening to that genuine like inspiration and intuitive pull that you are already having. And that once you gave yourself permission to listen to that intuitive pull, you now live this life of freedom and luxury and a feeling as though like you're, you're living within, I can imagine you can correct me if I'm wrong, living within what feels like purpose to you. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think a lot of, you know, it was a lot of conditioning, a lot of programming, like the simple life is a real thing. Like people back home just have different aspirations. And I'm not saying it's bad or wrong. It's like, I think about like my parents, even it's like their life is so much simpler, but yeah, you know, my dad's an entrepreneur. He's been an entrepreneur like ever since I was born pretty much. And like, he has this very like old school way, like he's worked so hard and I'm not saying what I do isn't hard work, but I don't, I, 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 I operate my life differently. I run things differently. I see how things could be so different even for him. And he just, he, he's got a different mindset around it. So when I go back home and doing the work that I've done and growing as much as I've grown, it becomes so much more apparent the paradigm that I was brought up in, you know, the conditioning that I was subscribing to. And I then can also be very grateful for the growth that I've had, but you know, it, it, our condition, like our, you know, our, our, yeah, our conditioning, you know, it can limit us if we, if we don't use critical thinking to challenge a different way of it being right. Like if we're just like, this is just how it is. Yeah. Then that's just how it's going to be. But for me, I was never satisfied with that. I was never just okay with like, well, this is just going to be my life. Like, yeah, it's not okay by me. So, you know, I think for, for a lot of women that come into my world and, and that I talk to, maybe they don't identify with like being the small town girl or anything, but I think they can identify with believing and feeling that they were meant for more yearning for more knowing that. And, and, and just because I'm a small town girl and like that, was my paradigm, people who grew up in the city or even grew up in a wealthier household can still have similar paradigms and similar conditioning and similar, you know, belief systems. But it's, yeah, it's, it's dismantling what we've been taught and what we've absorbed and, and accepted and deciding to rewrite that and, and deciding. And I think the best way to see what is possible is to witness it within others, right? To be exposed to it. And I imagine like you growing up in a small town, we weren't exposed to a lot of that, you know, like the OC, when I watched that in the, in, in high school, that show was like, people live like this. Like that is what I want. Like I literally identified with that show, not identified. I, I fell in love with that show because I'm like, this is the life I'm meant to have. Like I knew that the life I was brought up in was not the life that I was meant to have. Like it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I resonate with that. And so a uh, question that comes up for me, uh, for you on that, because I know that this has been so true for me in my experience of being a small town girl is when you are in different points of your like personal development and spiritual development and doing the inner work, going back home, did it trigger the fuck out of you? Or was it like something that you were able to be like, okay, I accept this. For a period of time, there was definitely like a lot of shame around like, you know, where I came from, where I grew up, because it was and is so different from who I am. And it's, you know, I really had to like ask myself, like, was I running away? And I definitely had a tendency to run away, not just from home. Like I definitely didn't want to stay in that small town, <laughs> but you know, so there was an acknowledgement when I did a lot of uh, shadow work, you know, there was an acknowledgement of like, you know, a bit of shame around my upbringing of like how simple it is and how, 
how, you know, people choose to live back home and, you know, there, you know, and that's obviously on me too, like judging to some capacity, but also feeling kind of like, oh, like this is so different from who I know I'm meant to be. So I had to work through that. And I now go home and I like appreciate so much of that, you know, like I was home over the weekend. I spent like four days at home and, you know, like it is so grounding to me to go back home. Like my parents still live in the same house on the same property that I grew up in. You know, it's so grounding. It's like very healing to me when I go there. And like, it is such a humble beginning that I had. And I think it does ground me. It does kind of keep me, you know, from getting too big for my britches, if you will, or, or keep me from, you know, my ego from getting in the way. Like it really does like humble me and ground me and, and, and also appreciate, you know, it's like, I can appreciate how far I've come. I can appreciate the simplicity of, of where I've come from. And yeah, like I, I don't get triggered so much by like being, I don't know. That's an interesting one. Like I would say like when I see family or certain family and, or like certain people from, you know, high school that still live back home. It's like, it's more just like, I become aware of, of where they're holding themselves back. And I think that's sometimes hard for me because I can get really like upset and frustrated by that and like feel bad for that. But I have to remind myself that like we all have free will and I've just chosen to pursue a different path and to do things differently. And I can't, feel any sort of type of way for how anyone else is living or what they're still subscribing to. So I think that's really what it is. I don't know if it's so much a trigger. Cause I mean, I feel like family can trigger you no matter what. It's not like, it, it, but like, it's less of like a trigger of like going back home. Cause I do appreciate those moments, but it's, I do feel, I do feel different. And I do have an awareness of, of those differences is I think the best way for me to put it. Absolutely. I love that. Um, something that you said in that with recognizing other people and where they're at and how they are still limiting themselves is something that I've definitely experienced as well, coming back to my small town. And one of the things that triggered me the most was, um, internalizing judgment that I thought that those people were projecting on me for living this bougie life for having, the, the fancy car for rolling up and like doing, doing what I do in my life and realizing that like that judgment was always actually coming from me. It was mm-hmm. never these people actually projecting that judgment. It was still these subconscious unconscious judgments that I was holding of myself based off of the past programming that I had about wealth and about luxury and about the people who got to quote unquote succeed. Yeah. Um, And it sounds as though, and you once again can correct me if I'm wrong, that's something that you experience coming back is like seeing that experience and recognizing that like, no, yeah, it's totally okay that you are living your reality and have your perspective of reality, whereas it's also okay for them to have their perspective of reality. And it doesn't mean one is right and one is wrong. This one just works for you. Yeah, I can like really like resonate with that of like, you know, judging first before you get judged, right? It's like, 
you know, it's a protection mechanism. It's like you, we, we feel we may get judged. So, oh, I better judge first. So that I did it first. Right. It's like, it's silly. Obviously that's like part of our wounding, part of our, you know, triggers that we have to work through. Um, yeah, I, I can like relate to that for sure. I also think like something that really helped me because when I first announced to my family that I was, I had never had my own car, like in high school, my parents had like bought me a car and like, then I had to share it with my siblings. I'm the oldest, um, when they, you know, came of age to drive. And so I never, I've never, and then I moved to the city and I had never had a need to own my own car, public transit, Ubers, rent a car. So when I purchased my, my car last year and I announced like the, the type of car I was getting, I've shared about this on my podcast and, you know, I, I, I got a Range Rover. And so when I told my parents, and I announced it, I was like, all excited. I'm like, I'm getting my first car. And they're like, what? like, oh, yay. Like, what is it? And then as soon as I told them, there was like judgment. It was like, well, do you know how expensive that is on gas? Do you know how much those oil changes are? Do you know this? And I was like deflated. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like that, that was a triggering moment for me because of course I was having some fears of like, who am I to have this? can I have this? Should I like, am I being like so excessive? Am I this? Should I get like, I obviously was had grappling with some of these. And so to then hear it mirrored back to me, was like, oh my God. And one of my best friends, who's also in the industry, I messaged her and like shared with her, like what just went down. I'm like, and everyone else in my life, let me tell you, was like so supportive and so happy. And so to hear it from like parents and like siblings, I was just like so deflated. And some, and this helped me, and this has helped me ever since. I've done the work. And because I've done the work and I've healed the beliefs around buying things that are luxury, doing things that are luxury, doing things that are like quote unquote excessive or unconventional, I've done the work around that. And it's my choice. And it's, you know, my life. And I have to validate myself because if I'm looking for the validation from others solely I can't progress and something like that would make me rethink the decision altogether and probably be like okay no you're right I can't do it right and so yes there's moments so I guess I can say like yes I have been I have been but I'm not any longer because things like that I can validate myself and I can also recognize that that's work I've done that they haven't done and that's okay. And I'm happy with my decisions. And as long as I'm happy with them, then like, I have to honor that and I have to trust that. And I have to believe in myself more than anyone else, because at the end of the day that like, I'm, I'm the one who matters. I'm the one who counts most. So that is like a very stark example of like the differences in, in belief systems of like healed and unhealed or evolved and, you know, I don't want to say unevolved, but like, you know what I mean? So it's reminding, like I've done the work and I deserve whatever I choose and I'm worthy of whatever I choose because I am right. And it's, it's yeah. Something that I've like since really overcome and I'm, and I, and I don't have to feel like I have to apologize for the life I have, nor should we. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and seriously, so powerful for anybody who's listening that it's like, you get to have it just because 
Yeah. You don't need to validate your decisions. You don't need to uh, convince everybody why you get to do the things that you get to do. You're choosing the things that you get to have in your life because like your goodness isn't in question. You get to just have those things, Um, which I think is a huge thing that especially women struggle with. And I can imagine you experience this coaching so many women entrepreneurs and being a CEO yourself um, with imposter syndrome and feeling like they're not worthy just because. Um, So question for you is, have you experienced imposter syndrome along your journey? And is it something that you still experience now? I would say in the beginning, I for sure did. More so because, for example, coaching was new to me. And I remember telling my first coach, like, well, what would I even coach people on? Like, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know anything. Like, what do I know? Right. I'm like, that's like, no, you know, I, that was, that was initially, but since then I, I don't, feel like I do experience it anymore because any time that may arise in some capacity, I'm able to reframe it and, and pivot from it quickly because how I work with clients around imposter syndrome is an, it's an opportunity for you to focus inward on your gifts. We, we, we get sucked into imposter syndrome when we're looking at what everyone else is doing and what everyone else has achieved. And we're like making like up all these stories about like how we're not good enough or who am I to do this or who am I, well, who are you not to? Like you've got incredible gifts. Like you're discrediting yourself. You're dimming your light because you're looking around at what everyone else is doing. And you're looking at their like year three to, in comparing to your year one, like, of course you're going to feel that way you've got to remember that it comes from within and you got to put the blinders up. Like I always say, like, if you need to put the blinders up, if you've got to mute people, mute people, if you've got to unfollow people, unfollow people, you've got to protect your energy, protect your, your, you know, mental state, your, your, your mindset and remember who the fuck you are because you are good enough. But I can't tell you that. like, I can tell you that a hundred times, but it's not going to land if you don't believe that yourself. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to then look within. And if you're struggling with imposter syndrome, you've got to come back. Like, what are my gifts? What are my strengths? What are my powers? What are, like, what, what am I here to do? Why am I qualified? And you have to remember also, like when I first started coaching, I still, I think it was a good coach back then. I'm an even better coach now though. And I know that, but I never at that time after I got over that like little blip of imposter syndrome and I'm sure I've had like little blips here and there, but I don't really experience that any longer. I I really don't because like anytime I do, I'm like, no, but like, I'm really good at what I do. And I remind myself and I also remind myself that like everybody is different. You know, the way I do it is no different. It is, is no better than how anyone else. It's just different, but that's what makes it so unique. And that's what makes everyone unique in this, in this space is that, we all have our own way of spinning it. We have all, all have our own way of doing it. And when we honor that, that that's where that's where the magic is, right? It's like honoring what, what feels best for you. Um, so yeah, like imposter syndrome doesn't affect me anymore, but it definitely affects women who come into my world. And I, I, that's, this, that's this, the same thing I say to every single person who brings it up. I'm like, gotta focus on you, babe, because like you're great. And I can see that. But if you can't see it, then 
you're always going to be stuck in that spiral. So we've got to break that cycle. We've got to break that pattern. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's like giving yourself permission to be your own hype woman. Like we have to be our own hype woman. We have to give ourselves permission to like love the fuck out of ourselves and think we are that damn great because we are. And I love the advice that you, you just shared with us of giving yourself permission to mute people. If you need to mute people to unfollow people, if you need to unfollow people, because I think that one of the things that I've recognized in my journey and watching so many other coaches, especially in the spiritual realm, they don't say that they don't Mm. give you that permission to unfollow people or to um, mute people or to do what you want to do or need to do to protect your energy because it is supposed to be like unconditional love. And if you're triggered by them, then you need to figure out why you're triggered by them. And Um, I think that that can be really detrimental to a lot of women on their journeys, trying to get to the place where they do feel confident enough to look within, look at those gifts, share with the world what they're supposed to share with the world, because they're still trying to figure out what, why they are so triggered by the Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And knowing that it's like, it's okay to still be triggered by the thing. It's okay to still show up and have something, some sort of resistance inside of you that is holding you back from whatever it is, because ultimately like you're still worthy of spreading your word and receiving, even though the healing isn't like fully done in that chapter of your life yet. Totally. You can be like, a work in progress and, but still impact people like you. Yeah. Like I believe that fully. And I think sometimes that that does trip people up. It's like, well, I'm still like, you know, deep in my healing. And I'm like, but you have to think about, you know, we're always, you know, on a journey of some sort and the journey never really ends. I don't believe, you know, it's going to look different of course, but you have to look at it from like where you're at versus where you were qualifies you you know if you've overcome anything you've gotten any amount of distance from where you were that qualifies you 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 know how to support in some way you've helped yourself you become your best testimonial first you become your best client first and when you can help yourself you are absolutely qualified to help people and i often remind them of that too because it's like well like i haven't had clients yet or haven't this i'm like you've had yourself and you've taking yourself through some beautiful things and you've overcome some beautiful things. You've learned some beautiful lessons you've integrated. Like that is qualifiable. It's qualifiable. If you decide it is no one else can decide that for you. And you don't need a hundred certifications. Yes. A certification may, you know, help you and it may, you know, align, you know, if it feels aligned, amazing, but like, you don't need like a hundred certifications to qualify. You don't need to have X number of years or X number of clients have gone through a program for you to then be like qualifiable or, or worthy or whatever. It's like, just decide now. You just get to decide now. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Um, so what do you feel like was your biggest insecurity or limiting belief that you faced or that you had to overcome to be this woman who just gets to decide? that she's worthy, that she's qualified, that she can show the fuck up and help other people transform their lives. And they got to overcome the fear of like being seen, you know, mm. like really being like really to show up, to be in my power, 
to say things the way I want to say them to, you know, overcome the fear of judgment from, you know, friends from university who follow me or people that I used to work with following me. Like I really had to overcome this fear of like, yeah, my own greatness of sort, like essentially it's like of, of being seen, of being in power, of empowering, of like, yeah, it, it like, and that's something that I would say only like in this, like more recently, you know, in the last year, maybe even less than that, like where I really feel like I've stepped into it because it, there, it's, there's layers to it. You know, of course there are other layers that I had to work on initially, you know, first, but like really allowing myself to be seen and, and not fitting myself into a box and like deciding that like it gets to work around me versus like working around like what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to show up. Like that was really a game changer for me. And yeah, I would say like, yeah, just like allowing myself to be exposed, like, Mm -hmm. and express, expose and express. And expose can have like a negative connotation, but it's like, I chose that. Like I wanted to, to shine a light on my darkness. I wanted people to know aspects of me that at one point were like too vulnerable and too like, you know, triggering or upsetting to share. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to tell people I'm going to air it all my dirty laundry. I don't really care. I'm going to share the intimate vulnerable aspects of my life because like, I'm confident in that. And I'm okay for people to know that because that doesn't take away from who I am. It doesn't take away from my, like, like we've been talking about, like my inherent worthiness, like it doesn't. So yeah, I think that that's like first came up. I'm kind of surprised by that response, but like my fear of being seen because that that also spills into like, it's like, there's layers. It's like a web of that one. Right. So <laughs> yeah, um, it's been, yeah, a couple of years in, in, in the, in the making of like undoing and, and peeling that back. But yeah. Yeah. I love that. I feel that so fully. That was, that's definitely been one of the, the biggest insecurities and limiting beliefs that I've been recognizing for myself as well is like, I can perfectly script out this vulnerable message for Instagram. I can perfectly script out these things, the the dirty laundry that I want to share in like Facebook lives or whatever it is, but like to actually be so fucking vulnerable to not feel like I have to be right, to not feel like I have to um, like look the part or any of the different pieces that I once thought I had to and put myself into that box of what it meant to be an online coach or what it meant to be, uh, this woman in the online space who's helping create transformation and like really just giving myself permission to be cat fucking Kozad has brought so much magic into my life. And it sounds like it's done the same exact thing for you of like being able to just be like, this is fucking it. Like this is it. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's like being unapologetically and authentically yourself. Like, you know, it's, it's taking off the masks. It's taking off the filters and it's like, just letting yourself be you. Um, yeah. And just like, I am who I am like that, like you, you have to be so comfortable with yourself. And I, and I know that it takes work, you know, it's not like I just decided to be in online presence and it was there. Like I've, I've had to work at that. Um, but you know, I feel more into who I am and who I'm becoming now and like not being afraid 
of, of that, of, you know, being polarizing or being blunt or being, you know, whatever, like hurting someone's feelings. It's just like, okay, that's just not for you. And like, I know that that's not personal. If you're triggered by something I say, that's on you, hun. Like, you know, and, and I don't think many people No, some people have been triggered. No, I know people have been triggered, but it's like, (laughs) I used to dim what I would say for that exact reason. And I think as soon as I stopped, it's like, it weeded out people who were looking for, how do I want to say it? It's like people who were looking for comfort, you know? And I'm like, I'm actually not going to make you feel comfortable. I actually want you to feel a little uncomfortable because I want to stretch you. I want to stretch you out of your comfort zone. I want you to see things differently. I want you to do things differently. And if I'm just telling you like, Oh my God, like it's okay that you're stuck still, even though you've been trying, it's like, no, like do something about it. Decide like, you're not going to get where you want to go. If you're just going to sit and throw a pity party again. So it's like, I do have to be a little confronting at times. And I may upset people sometimes. And I'm not trying to be like, it doesn't come from like a malicious place. Like it really just comes from like, I'm actually serving you, you know, I'm actually like, and I love when people do that online. Like when I like read a caption and, or like watch it, someone's story and I'm like, Oh God, they're speaking to me. It's like, (laughs) I want that. Like those, those are the people who like bring up something in me and make me question like today I sent out an email and then like the caption or the t- the subject line was settling is a toxic trait and I was going on about like you know when we settle we are literally telling ourselves that like we don't deserve more you know we're settling for lack we're selling and we, we like we're perpetuating we're telling the universe like oh like my desire like I don't deserve my desires and like when we when we get used to settling we close ourselves off to receiving you know, and I was really empowering them to like, okay, where are you settling in your life? Be honest. And someone replied back me like, Oh my God, thank you for this. Like you totally cast a light on, on where I'm settling. Like I really needed this. This is exactly what I've been doing for months now. And it like empowered her. And it was, you know, yes, a confronting email of sorts where I'm just like, you're settling, stop settling, you know? And like, for the people who are settling, like you could either take it oh my God, you're right. Shit. Need to snap an action. Other being like, how dare you? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, that's there to serve you. Whatever the reaction is, it's there to serve you. So yeah, I went on a total tangent there, but <laughs> no, I love it. It's so, it's so true. And it's like, it, it ties back into what we've been talking about with like giving yourself permission to like decide that you get to be yeah. that, that person who gets to have it. And that you triggering other people is honestly one of the greatest gifts that you could give to them because people aren't going to change if they're not, if they're not uncomfortable. Totally. If you came into my world and I was coaching you and I just let you get away with like all your limiting beliefs and like, you know, allowed you to be complacent and allowed you to just like do things the exact same way and like allowed you to throw your pity parties and be in victim mode, you wouldn't get results. And Yeah, you may be like, oh my God, Rach just like really held space and like, you know, just, but, but like you wouldn't advance. And I feel like eventually you'd be like, wait, what a minute, wait a minute. Like I didn't even do anything. Whereas like, if I like call you on your shit, which is definitely what I will do in a lovingly way, but that's going to like ruffle your feathers. That's going to like spark some action. And that's going to light a fire under your ass to be like, holy shit, you're right. 
I am totally limiting myself. I am totally doing this. I am like, it is there to serve you and it is there to support you. And, you know, if you can't give yourself that tough love, then like, I can help you with that. You know, I really like, it's like, a good thing to have someone in your life telling you how it is versus coddling and cuddling you as you're like, you know, and don't get me wrong. If if a client's going through a tough time, I am there to hold space, but I can also catch you when you're just in like a spiral of like self pity or self-sabotage. And like, we're not available for that. Right. Like that's not where growth happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always say to my clients that it's like, I'm supposed to trigger you. Like I'm going to be your best friend who triggers the fuck out of you. And I'm doing that because I love you guys and I want you to grow and I want you to create that transformation within yourself and to know that. Yeah. Like you said, it's like, it's, it's so powerful to have somebody in your life that can show you your blind spots. That's going to show you that, Um, the things that your, your ego is trying to cut you off from and like not show to you because the ego is never going to point the finger back around at you and be like, yep, it's you. It's you, hon. (laughs) Um, amazing. Cool. Um, so this has been such an incredible conversation and I have one last question for you Mm -hmm. and this is for our listeners. So, what, if anything, one piece of advice, either based off of the conversation that we've had or something for someone who is listening right now, who recognizes that they're settling or that they don't feel as though they are worthy, like what would be the biggest piece of advice that you could give them? Mm. That's a really great question. Like, if you're settling in your life, ooh, this is like actually kind of stumping me. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I mean, I literally just wrote an email today about settling. I'm like, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> no. Well, first of all, like become aware. Like that's what I want to say. It's like become aware. Where are you settling? Where are you telling yourself you're not good enough? Because that awareness will create a space where growth can happen. We can't heal what's not revealed, right? And so revealing what that may be and like observing it gently, that's a big thing. Like just like looking at it lovingly, compassionately, you know, forgivingly, like just looking at it and saying like, huh, interesting. Okay. This is, this, this is a clue. Like, this is helpful. This is, this is, this is, this is a start. This is a stepping stone become aware. And from there, trust the next steps, you know, seek the help, work with the healer, buy the course, buy the program, do the journaling, go for the walk, like what, whatever it is, that's going to look different for everyone, but become an observer, become aware, because like I said, you can't heal what's not revealed and, you know, feel into that and then allow yourself to do the work, allow yourself, you know, value something I've been saying a lot lately. It's like value yourself enough to do the work because investing in yourself and doing the work on yourself is of high value. It is of high self-worth to commit to yourself, to make a vow to yourself, to heal, to grow and to expand. Oh, mic drop. Yes. (laughs) 
you you literally owe it to yourself this yeah. is our one and only life and knowing that all of us have the have the potential have the capacity to create that transformation within our lives so that we are living it in whatever way we want to is the greatest act of self-love and just like you said that's how you value yourself so yeah. Totally. Thank you for that. I love that. Um, this has been such an incredible conversation. I'm so thankful that you got to come on the show and share all of your wisdom with everyone. Um, so how can everyone find you if they are wanting to connect with you, if they want to be a part of the Freedom School, um, if they just want to get all up in your goodness? <laughs> So I'm on Instagram, probably the most frequently at freedom range with two H's at the end. I also have a podcast. It's that freedom life podcast. Um, it's on like all, this, all, this, all the places like Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play. You can find it. I believe on all those platforms. I definitely know Spotify and Apple because that's how I listen to podcasts. Um, yeah, but like, and, and everything else, like, especially through, through Instagram, like, if I'm directing you guys to any, cause I do free trainings, mini courses, master classes often, and, you know, launching new programming, all of that you'll get through Instagram. So you can hang out with me and catch that good stuff there. Amazing. And I will drop all of that in the show notes. So anybody listening can find Rachel, but yeah, just like I said, thank you so much for coming on today. I know that this episode of the no bullshit manifestation show is going to rocks in people's worlds. And I love it. <laughs> I so I mean, that's hard. That, this was a great conversation. So thank you for holding, holding the space for that. And also, yeah, just asking such great questions. I really, um, I really appreciated that because I get interviewed and I have to say like, not everyone asks great questions. You ask really great questions. So thank oh, you. <laughs> thank you. I love that. That's perfect because being new to this, gotta be honest, I was super fucking nervous. Oh my god! Yeah, no, you did amazing. Honestly, like you wouldn't have you wouldn't have been able to tell that there was any nervousness. So yeah, thank oh. you for for this. Absolutely, thank you, Rachel. Oh my gosh. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am so grateful to have these no bullshit talks with you. If you enjoyed today's episode or the podcast as a whole, please spread the love by leaving me a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with others. This is how I will be able to spread more of these good vibes and be able to make more of an impact on the lives of others. And if you're not already part of all of the goodness and communities that I have to offer, check out the show notes. I have links to the different ways that I can support you on your manifestation journey and help you live a life full of more money, fulfillment, and freedom. But that is all for now. So big love and hugs, and I will chat with you soon, babe.